Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yes, yes, yes. The sweet, sweet sounds of the ukulele means it's another edition of the West of the Rest podcast. I am Blair Angulo, joined by National Recruiting Editor at 24-7 Sports, Mr. Brandon Huffman. It is Thursday, December 1st. Huff, we made it. It is December, which means the early signing period is about three weeks away. Blair, I am looking out my window as we speak to see blanketed grass with snow covering it and snow coming down. That can only mean one thing, hashtag transfer portal SZN, but more importantly, hashtag early signing period season. You have snow up there already? Oh, yeah. We have snow. It sucks. It's raining, it's snowing, it's everything. We're getting down to the mid-50s in, in Southern California later this week with, with some chance of rain. It's it's a little sad because I, I don't know if it's actual rain or or the tears of the many many Mexico fans uh, as they are bowing out of the World Cup. I'm a, I'm a Mexico fan myself, but it, heartbreaking. It's, but it's uh yeah, and you're you're a tamale eating Mexican as well. Um, I don't believe it. <laughs> so you know we we bring a little flavor to to this show, and it's interesting, right? Because there's so much World Cup talk going on from a, from um like a, a global standpoint. And then we're in the midst of a really fascinating college football season. And then we're jumping into what's obviously the transfer portal season, uh, early signing day period season. I, everything kind of just jumbles up. And and I feel bad for you because you have to deal with snow as well. Do want to invite our listeners to please give us a rating, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. Please like and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel as well. We're going to get into some recruiting buzz in a little bit as some of the top prospects in the country start to whittle down their decisions and start to maybe take other visits and check out some schools. But let's begin with our overreaction segment. And it, it begins up, up north, Huff. We teased it a little bit last week when we talked about David Shaw and Stanford and whether or not that would continue to happen. Well, he has stepped down. Are we overreacting when we say that the Cardinal need to make a renaissance hire? No, we're not overreacting. It's 2022. Stanford stuck in 2015, 2016 mode. They should be better than they are. They should be better than they have been. They've showed from the 2007 moment, they hired Jim Harbaugh through really the 2017 season when they won the Pac-12 North for the last time, that they could be competitive, not just regionally, but nationally. And the U-turn that they took five years ago coincided with the departure of Mike Bloomgren to Rice with the firing of Shannon Turley, their strength and conditioning coach. Stanford looks like early 2000s Stanford, but they shouldn't be in this position. They should have been ahead of the curve. And when you're sitting on a landmine, I'm sorry, on a gold mine, 
in the Silicon Valley, NIL should not be that difficult. No, I don't think so either. And and you wonder if an athlete at Stanford is marketable. Well, of course they are. Remember how big Andrew Luck was uh, during his his run. Remember Christian McCaffrey and all the fans he had nationally. It, it could happen at Stanford it, just because you're into the books and you're in the library. You know, half the half the week. It, it doesn't mean that you can't be a player that can't be marketable, right? Or the branding isn't there. No, I think Stanford is a perfect opportunity. And you mentioned it right with a gold mine that. That is Silicon Valley and all the opportunities there. I mean, we could probably drop a ton of apps alone that would make a lot of these players uh, really attractive from a marketing and branding standpoint. So Stanford, I, I think, needs to change up its approach. I think it needs to reinvigorate its itself and maybe look itself in the mirror and say, okay, wh- where do we need to make some changes? And I think the issue has been a, a lot of the defections, right? A lot of the players that have left the roster that have obviously weakened that team it can't continue to happen it can't happen where you're you're losing a, a player like austin jones who by the way just rushed for over 150 yards against notre dame in 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 a fill-in role after travis die another transfer from oregon uh went down with injury you can't lose a premier running back like that to a conference rival just because nil is better at usc that that's another private institution within the pac-12 that's another school with similar if not lesser academic appeal right i think Everyone would agree that Stanford is 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 above USC in, in basically every academic ranking. Uh, you can't lose players like that. And I think that's been a big issue. So there's something needs to happen there or Stanford's going to be left in the dust. And I think this is the perfect opportunity now with David Shaw out to bring in a new visionary and, and a new approach to whatever they do, not only on the field, but also in recruiting. I think that that's the thing. I mean, we're, we're used to seeing Stanford be so good recruiting-wise nationally, and it hasn't affected their recruiting in the last couple of classes. In the 2022 class, they had the highest-rated high school class in the Pac-12. Now, when the transfer portal was factored in, USC ended up with the best class, but it showed you that Stanford coming off the 2019 season that wasn't good, the shortened 2020 season, which they were a game over 500, and then another bad season in 2021, there was still value in that Stanford education, in the Stanford brand. So what could they do with the Renaissance? What could they do with three or four transfers coming in a year? What could they do with NIL money when they're still recruiting at a top 20 level? They could be just like they were from 2009-ish to about 2016. And I think they've shown that they can do it. But the question is, Blair, will they do it? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the the million dollar question. And, uh, I think NIL has obviously leveled a lot of the playing field. There was the advantage of the Stanford diploma and and getting that degree and and obviously the academic appeal was giving the Cardinal a bump up above a lot of their competition. Well, now there's actual monetary value that is offsetting a lot of that appeal. And so I think Sanford at least needs to make a change there and and I guess bring up again, once again, why their appeal is, is what it is. So Stanford, one to watch. Uh, we'll, we'll be closely monitoring what happens in Palo Alto. And I think from a recruiting standpoint, it's going to be really important for them to be a renaissance. Washington Huff, uh, another big, impressive win in the Apple Cup. And am I overreacting when I think uh, ahead to next year? And I wonder, are the Huskies going to be recruiting from a top 20 national level? I think so. And I think part of it is the coincide or the, the coinciding of 
the 2022 season, the immediate turnaround that Kalen DeBoer had at the University of Washington, coupled with the very strong in-state group in 2024, you usually see that bump in the recruiting class happen in the junior class during that season. Well, it just so happens that Washington's got a very strong class in-state in 2024, already has a commitment from one of those players in E.J. Kaminong, the quarterback out of Garfield High School in Seattle. But they could eventually build even more momentum. They're trying to flip Caleb Presley, the local kid from Rainier Beach High School in Seattle, number one ranked player in the state. That could create a ripple effect if they were to flip him from Oregon to kind of take back the region, but also give the momentum in the 2024 class. And that's what you want to have if you're Kalen DeBoer and the Washington coaches. You want to have a Rose Bowl berth that you could potentially get this year. I mean, think about it. They hadn't blown it on the road to a 3-19 and with a walk-on quarterback like they did, who, mind you, was playing his first significant snaps. They could be playing on Friday night for a spot in the playoffs. Instead, they may have to settle for the Rose Bowl, which after the John Donovan, Jimmy Lake disaster, the Huskies will absolutely take. But that gives them a huge bump in a recruiting standpoint from the middle of December until next September, where they're building that relationship and they're establishing more ties in the region. They could end up being one of the top two or three classes in the Pac-12 in the 2024 class, although you might even say it'd be a top two class because really USC and UCLA would be recruiting for the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I, I think back to the weekend that we spent in Seattle and to see the the type of environment, the atmosphere that that program already had. Maybe what what was it? Four games into the Kill and DeBoer era. That was um, game three, yeah. Game game three, right against Michigan State, and they had already kind of turned the tide from from a belief standpoint. And I think that's all Washington needs, and that's all the the Huskies I think want. Right, is that they want to believe, and and I think they evaluate at a tremendous level i think they scout out the type of player that's going to fit their offense and their defense too you know i think i trust what that staff can do from an evaluation standpoint to know that not only are they going to get some of these guys that that maybe other other teams or, or, or other programs are sleeping on or, or overlooking but i'm also thinking that they can go in and win out some of these heavyweight battles uh, for the four-star, for the five-star prospect occasionally. And so the Huskies uh, could definitely parlay some of the success they've had on the field and and the rise and the turnaround in the program as a whole. I think we're going to be looking for some more recruiting success out of them. ASU already made their hire, Huff. I think they listened to the show last week when we said they needed to move fast. Well, it was less than 24 hours after Oregon lost to Oregon State that offensive coordinator Kenley Dillingham was already announced as the new coach for the Sunday levels and I think it's significant because he's going to bring a lot of in-state recruiting flavor which is something we've been vouching for to turn around ASU you know I think the fan base has been clamoring for it the greater Phoenix area the Valley of the Sun produces enough talent for ASU to be good enough to contend for bowl games and to be maybe push beyond that and go outside the region when they have to for the occasional four-star prospect there's enough players in that area and I think Ken Dillingham will be a great hire but I, I do want to say, and I, and I wonder, are we overreacting when we're wondering, what are you waiting for, Colorado? I mean, we were told a couple of weeks ago that Colorado was on the goal line, ready to make their move, while Arizona State seemed to be flagging behind. Arizona State had a freaking press conference less than 24 hours after Oregon and Oregon State had been playing. That's how quickly they had that thing. Meanwhile, Colorado might be on the goal line, but like their offense, it might be on the goal line with their backs to the end zone and still have 99 yards to go. Whether that's Deion Sanders that's in play, whether it's some of the other names that have been bandied about. Colorado, we hire ourselves out. We pushed ASU to make a hire last week, hit our DMs, 
we can get you guys a little bit up to speed and maybe get a coaching hire because what are we waiting for? We've been six, seven weeks. I mean, boy, look at last year. When when USC fired Clay Helton, I think it was after week two, they had their coaching hire made less than 24 hours after. In fact, they still had another game, a game that got moved back. I want to say it was against BYU, but they are, I don't even remember who, maybe it was a game against Cal. They played BYU. The next day, word was out that they had hired Lincoln Riley. The whole point of hiring or firing a coach early is so that you can make a higher ASAP. And yet Colorado, much like their offenses looked over the last three or four years, is slow to score. Yeah, unless, <laughs> I like I like where you went there. Uh, Sorry, uh, uh, unless unless you already have that hire and you're just waiting to announce it, I'm really dumbfounded as to why there has been no movement on, on this front. I think you hit it on the head, Huff. Why make the decision when you made that decision? You've had all this time, you've had all these weeks, and the clock is ticking. The early signing period is less than three weeks away, and you need to make a move because that's why you made this move. Uh, so. Colorado, uh, we're waiting for you. Uh, I think a lot of recruits are waiting for you. I think it's time and, and potentially, you know, it could affect the way you close out this 2023 recruiting cycle. So that's going to be another thing to watch for as we approach the early signing period. We're going to take a short break, but you are listening to the West of the Rest podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back on the West of the Rest podcast, Blair Angulo with Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor at 24-7 Sports. And you can follow him on Instagram, Huff. Where where can they find you on Instagram? At Brandon Huffman 247. It's Brandon still a work Huffman. in progress. We're we're still working through the kinks. It used to be Twitter, but we don't know how long Twitter is going to be around. And we have to make the switch over to the gram. Maybe TikTok. I, I don't know. I downloaded TikTok. Do you have an account? I do because I like to watch the videos that my son <laughs> sends me. I don't. I haven't ever posted a TikTok because I don't want to horrify my children. But I'll watch them. And, and you know, in fact, I will watch one of my favorite follows is Haka videos. And Blair, as I watch this snow come down, I'm reminded that in just seven weeks from now, that ukulele's birthplace will be will be watching the Haka daily. Oh boy, I, I just I got a text message earlier, and it did correlate with the Polynesian Bowl week. I was I was asked by a coach there in Honolulu if Thursday there's a lineman showcase that he's trying to put together at Farrington High School, if that would work for us. And what better way to ask you than now because you brought it up. I'm in. Plus, with Farrington, we're right over by Mitsu Kens, which is always a frequent stop on the road when we are at Polynesian Bowl. Oh, so boy. People, people think that, you know, it's all just like beaches and so people do not understand how hard that week is to work i mean sand's getting everywhere everything is sunny you get sunburned like you get dehydrated 
It is not an easy trip, folks. We really make sacrifices. There's that little beach breeze that kind of hits you the wrong way. I mean, it's yes. it's 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 a rough week in the middle of January, and we're looking forward to the 2023 edition of the Polynesian Bowl. Uh, and we might actually—that's the birthplace of the podcast. We might actually have a couple shows uh, live from Honolulu with the one and only at Greg Biggins, uh, <laughs> and that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Let's get into some recruiting buzz, and and let's kick it off with Spencer Fano Huff, one of the premier offensive lineman in the country that is still available uncommitted he will be announcing his commitment december 6th on the 24 7 sports youtube channel the final four are clemson oregon utah and michigan he took an official visit to clemson this past weekend loved it he said Dabo sweeney was really impressive uh the the staff the conversations that he had there it's it's hard for me to envision him ending up on the east coast just because clemson's the most recent offer they they join the the picture a, a bit too late. I've always felt like the other three schools maybe have a better shot at, at getting Spencer Fano. That would be Utah. That would be Oregon. That that would be Michigan. And you know, with the contact period opening up this Friday, this weekend is going to be huge for him. Who's going to jostle for position? Who's going to want to get the last in home visit? You know, will Kyle Whittingham take the helicopter once again down to Spanish Fork to meet with Spencer Fano and his family? This is a really interesting decision. Because it could it could it could signify a, a different a few different things, right? Michigan, another run at the college football playoff that would be huge for them to come out west and get another big time prospect. Oregon, Adrian Clem has a bunch of ties not only to the state of Utah to to the Polynesian culture and, and the players, but with Spencer Fano specifically and, and at Timview. Uh, and then you got the in state program, the Utah Utes. Uh, that's another one that that I I think I I like where they sit. I like where Kyle Whitting him is and 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 in that battle with Jim Harding and Lewis Powell also teaming up to to give the Utes a, a nice little shout. So a really interesting dynamic as we work our way towards the end of that decision process. Yeah, that's two years in a row now. Now he's not dragging it out as long as last year's number one tackle out west. Josh Connolly took it out, but I mean we could good. we could probably convince Spencer to drag it out till May or June. Hey, having dealt with JT announcing on the fourth of July and then Josh Connolly in April, I'm telling you, it's good. It's good for it's good business there, Blair. But what it isn't great on is that just like Josh Connolly, this could go one of multiple ways. Like it's that close to call, and you have four schools that are kind of very different in their approaches and very different in how they recruit. This is fascinating because you know you've got a good selection of schools for him to choose from that he's owned in on. You know, some maybe wouldn't seem like they would be obvious fits, but then those might become the most obvious fits. Like, this is one that is so hard to handicap, and you don't have to wait until July to figure out where it's going to be. You don't have to wait till April. You'll get to see it next week on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. But this is one that I've been fascinated to watch. him. I mean, easily the three most fascinating recruitments out West right now involve players we'll see in the Polynesian Bowl. Spencer Fano, Tassili Akana, and Mateo Leongalele. You could throw Deuce Robinson in there as well, who we'll see in, in Hawaii. But Spencer Fano, the first domino to fall in that group, 
We're getting close, but I am very fascinated by how that one's going to play out. Yeah, it would be 15 days before signing day. So that would still give maybe the, the schools that come in second or third that final push to say, hey, we need we need you, right? And you can never really count out any schools right now in the NIL era if something kind of pops up. And so that's, that's another thing, right? That's another layer. And the transfer portal opens up on Monday. That's going to be an interesting day. Just I'll just say that for uh when it comes to that recruitment so uh i'm not gonna say much more but i think that's that's a key component of this whole process as well let's stay in the state of utah hunter clegg the stanford commit the top 24 7 edge rusher from up the road uh in american fork has been committed to the cardinal since the summer huff but he will be taking an official visit to ucla this weekend and this is another interesting one because i think hunter clegg has kind of been looking around and trying to feel out some of these other schools now that David Shaw is out at Stanford, he's he's taking a closer look at some of the options. I don't think this is the first Stanford commit that's going to be looking at all their options. Even with a new coach coming in that may be a renaissance guy, there's still going to be a couple other guys that I have a feeling could end up taking official visits out there. But Hunter Clegg is the first one on record to say he's doing so. UCLA, obviously, getting him to come visit, that's big for them. But there's the two-year mission, except unlike Walker Lyons, who decommitted from Stanford already, who's planning to be back in time for the 2024 season. If I understand it correctly, Clegg doesn't come back till the 2025 season. Yeah, that's correct. He will be heading on his mission next summer and then would sit out the 23 season, the 24 season, and then embark on his journey in 2025. So this is the long game that that he's playing. Uh, and, and even if he doesn't flip, right to another school and he does ultimately sign with Stanford uh, this battle will not be over uh, I think he can change his mind because he, he, he's re-recruitable again once he returns from his mission so it's important for UCLA uh, they don't know who the coach will be you know we don't know if Chip Kelly is going to be around uh, in time for the 2025 season but if UCLA makes a good enough impression uh, that's something that he can that can he can remember and, and it sticks with him uh, once he returns and and I know he'll be heading to Europe Huff to, to take his mission so of rough life there for Hunter Clegg. It's going to be one of the one of the battles that I think will will surpass this signing day and obviously February as well. Another recruiting buzz tidbit and and I did want to tease this. Deuce Robinson, the number 1 tight end in the country, the five-star prospect from Phoenix, Arizona. He's down to essentially USC and Georgia and Alabama. Oregon's in there. Texas is high on the list as well. Where if you're a fan of either of those schools, you will want to head over to the 24/7 Sports College Football Recruiting Show. You can catch it on the 24/7 Sports a YouTube channel. Today Today, Huff, on Thursday, December 1st at 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific, 3 o'clock Mountain Time, 4 o'clock Central, wherever you may be, you can hear from Deuce Robinson himself. He will be breaking down his interest in some of those schools, his, his thought process when he starts to, to, to maybe make a decision and settle on a choice. The factor that is baseball, this is a player who is getting some major MLB draft buzz as well. So you won't want to miss what Deuce Robinson has to say about his recruitment and some of the players that he's talking to about that process. Let's move on to our recruiting performance of the week. And it goes to DeAndre Morehuff. He captured a CIF's Southern Section State title, over 150 receiving yards in the victory for Bosco over Modern Day. And I don't know if you caught the game. I know you've been on the road and you've been out watching games yourself. 
but he was dynamic. He was electric. He was everything we've known about DeAndre Moore. You know how you talked about how it's going to dip down to 50 degrees and you're going to have a little bit of rain? <laughs> I was watching the Oregon State High School Championships in a monsoon that started at 11 from the first kickoff and went to the third quarter of the third game I went to. So while you were watching that game and the electricity, I was trying not to be taken off the ocean into the ocean by an arc. So I missed it, but saw the highlights. It reminds me of the old Charles Woodson adage that playmakers make plays when plays need to be made. And DeAndre Moore, who you and I have been big fans of for a couple of years now, saw what a playmaker needs to do in the most crucial game of the year. And he did it. Yeah, a player that actually cracked the top 100 initially uh, for the, the 2023 class after his freshman year, right? So every spring after the freshman season, we come out with an, an initial top 100 list over at 24-7 Sports. DeAndre Moore was high on that list. And, and there was question marks, right? Because he was at Las Vegas Desert Pines at the time, wasn't playing high-level competition, maybe that we would see of a player who's at Bishop Gorman, and, and certainly not of the competition level that he's facing now at Bosco. But I think we all saw the, the type of dynamic athleticism that he brought. You know, you would watch the film on, on a guy like Darnell Washington, the five-star tight end who ended up at Georgia, but then you'd look at and see DeAndre Moore making plays, you know, in, in an offense that also featured Javante Barnes, the running back at Oklahoma, and Michael Jackson the third, the wide receiver at, at, at uh, USC, and still DeAndre Moore was popping on on that tape and, and on that film and making plays. So, this is a player who who's going to be remarkable, committed to Louisville early on, has been taking some official visits, Texas, Georgia, a couple other schools in the mix there. Uh, another one to watch and to monitor because, you know, as we know in recruiting, everything is fair and and um, and everything is game here down the stretch. So DeAndre Moore certainly continuing and, and finishing his high school career in a, in a, in a grand fashion. And uh, an honorable mention to Aiden Childs, the four-star quarterback from Downey, California, who's committed to Oregon State, also had a huge week. Did I read that he had a broken arm? arm two that he played through i think so and that doesn't and that doesn't surprise me having gotten to know aiden childs a little bit in the offseason camp circuit at, at various tournaments and and kind of the level of competitiveness and moxie that he brings to the to the position a very charismatic uh i don't know if i ever mentioned it on this podcast but you know he he lives in a predominantly mexican area and he says that a lot of the kids at his school call him aiden chiles which means uh, you know basically chili peppers in spanish and he's very spicy he says he's bilingual he speaks some spanish Spanish, uh, and that's the type of player that that Oregon State is getting—a very dynamic arm, a player that's ascended the rankings and moved up, you know, very, very well in, in terms of like his progression and and what he's been able to accomplish as a senior this fall. Oregon State is is getting a heck of a steal there because Jonathan Smith has been doing a lot with little at the quarterback position, and and I wonder, okay, you bring in a four-star and a player like Aiden Childs, I mean that that could be the difference between. Oregon State and Jonathan Smith, you know, being, you know, in that top upper half of the Pac-12 and basically the Beavers controlling their own destiny for a, for a spot in the college football playoff. And I think that that's really been the only thing holding them back. I mean, think about they had USC on the road. They had Washington. They had a lead for the majority of, those, of that game. Two teams that might be playing on in New Year's Six Bulls and Oregon State had fourth quarter leads on both of them, or at least second half leads on both of them. And a couple of bad plays by, at the time, I want to say it was uh, 
the Juco transfer that was playing against Oregon State. And then I think Bengal Branson started against Washington, but an impact quarterback. And all of a sudden we might be talking about Oregon State being the team that's playing for a spot in the playoffs. Jonathan Smith's done a phenomenal job there getting the early evaluation on Aiden Childs. And then more importantly, when they were able to get his commitment, Cal had been kicking around, Washington had offered, Oregon had offered, but Oregon State got him up for a visit and then got him to commit pretty quickly after and have held on. He's been a Pied Piper for them. He might not just be an impact recruit from a who's going to bring with them standpoint, but an impact quarterback that really gets Jonathan Smith's program to the next level. Huff, as the snow falls around you and you start to marinate in thoughts of you being in Honolulu or in Maui like we were this past summer and the sun is hitting your face and you're kind of feeling that breeze and you know your legs are touching the sand that's just a little bit too warm. Uh, just remember, I'm thinking about you and I think all our listeners uh, have you in, in their thoughts and prayers. I appreciate all the thoughts and prayers. Send a heater ASAP. Yeah, and follow Huffman uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, but mostly on Instagram. We need to get his follows up. Please subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. If you like the show, please help us out. Give us those five stars and follow the podcast wherever you find your podcast. For Brandon Huffman and our producer, Lance Glynn, I am Blair Angulo. Thanks for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast. season is in full swing which means you need to listen to fantasy baseball today part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank stample every weekday as we recap every player from every game we'll talk waiver wire ads drops players to trade for prospects who could make an impact and everything in between make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found